0: Welcome to the World in Sport from RNZ Pacific, I'm Kuroi Hawkins. This week, the Pacific Games Office remains confident about athletes' accommodation for next year's event. The former Papua New Guinea men's football coach Fleming Sertzlov says he's still owed a year's salary and the Samoa Sevens coach laments bad luck. The Pacific Games Office remains confident athletes will be provided with suitable accommodation during next year's event in Samoa despite being forced to change their original plans. A memorandum of agreement was signed last month between the Samoa government and the accommodation providers in Upolu and Savai. But the majority of athletes will now base themselves at the Methodist Church of Samoa's Faleula compound after officials were only able to convince 30 hotels to come on board, which will only cater for one quarter of the 4,000 beds required. Chief Executive Whale Whata Matatia told Viniwali they have activated their contingency plans.
1: Just looking uh, back uh, in terms of our overall plan and where we're at, we're tracking along very nicely with uh, our preparations for each uh, particular work stream to make sure that we push through and we, we meet our deadlines. And it's been a really, really good collective effort from Samoa to make sure that we, we meet um, our time frames and also just the, the support of the private sector for this um, uh, mammoth occasion.
3: In, in terms of that support of the private sector, I guess one of the challenges you've had recently has been in terms of uh, sorting the accommodation. Of course, a little over a month ago, you guys announced that you know all the athletes would be staying in hotels and, and that's obviously had to change. So um, how, how's that coming along?
1: Look, our, our focus from the beginning was always to work with our private sector to ensure that we're investing back in our local private sector and also to, to our people. Now, it hasn't steered away from that um, because we we're still working um, with uh, the hoteliers to accommodate for for our thousand plus uh, officials, uh, technical officials, and the other supporting. Um, services that will be part of the Games. But at the end of uh, the signing in November with our stakeholders, we were only able to secure 30 hotels um, to come on board and to assist with the Games, which only gave us around 1,000 beds, And uh, we still had a, another 3,000 um, to try and secure. Um, so the, the mechanics and the, the strategy had to change because we had to activate our contingency plan for another accommodation option. So we have uh, also taken into consideration transportation as another uh, component, key component in where everyone will be staying. In saying that, uh, we have secured the Methodist Oliula compound, which is a pretty much a centralized hub village, uh, which will see all the athletes stay in houses for the actual games. We have um, signed uh we're, we're finalizing our betting process for the the hotels uh, in the CDN area that uh, here in Nadia that we will be signing up for to house our officials and also technical delegates that will be here as well as the BVIPs. but we've uh, we've signed uh, all of the hotels uh, in Sal Loma CDN which will accommodate for boxing We are still using uh, hotels as well as to,
3: to host. So, for some of the hotels that haven't signed up or haven't yet chosen to sign up, is that what are the reasons behind that?
1: So, some of the hotels that have not signed up, I'm, I'm not aware of some of the reasons. But um, this is uh, July has been indicated as a peak season for most of the um, for the tourism sector, and so. Um, Look, it doesn't take away anything from um, the the ones that are not signed in. And plus, there are also key requirements that have been stipulated in the uh, memorandum of agreement that has been set up to make sure that we meet the standards that's required, which is making sure that we have the necessities that are in the actual um, space to provide for the athletes as as well as the officials that will be uh, here for the Games
3: okay and and Halle, in in terms of obviously that six months to go what what would you say are your you know key one or two focuses or at, at this point as you count down towards um the games?
1: so at the moment we're definitely finalising our accommodation um strategy, uh, making sure that we have um, facilities uh, up and running uh, and be ready for next year. The venues is one of the the, the big tickets uh, but it's tracking along really nicely. And I'm, I'm really pleased with how uh, our local contractors as well in terms of renovation and the refurbishment of venues here. And then um, we also have a sponsorship which uh, we will be uh, looking at finalising uh, next week.
3: When do you anticipate the venues will be available for local Samoan athletes? Um, because I guess one of the advantages for Samoa is that you haven't got a lot of new venues to build. I think it's just the one... Um, you know, venue that, that that is completely brand new for these games. Um, but you know, obviously for those local athletes, uh, uh, they'll they'll want to compete. They'll have to be test events as well um, to to ensure everything's ready. Uh,
1: there has been test events that have been happening uh, so far for uh, some of the the sports. So we have known that uh, basketball also held uh, the Polynesian Cup, and then there was also some uh, some other triathlon uh, test events that were happening here in the past months, uh, as well as the others that are looking at uh, act being activated in the, the new year. Now, um, there are other alternative facilities that are being used at the moment for training for our, for our athletes uh, while we finalise the main venues. So we're looking at uh, finalising most of the venues by the end of May.
3: You you also um, had, uh, had a, um uh, recently the the resignation of uh the director Aviar Nico Palamore who by all accounts it was a working relationship with yourself that wasn 't quite going to plan and, and the sports minister said that you know he backed you in that scenario and that and that maybe mr Parlamore hadn't quite uh d- d- delivered on what was required of him in that role uh, I understand there's a new person in charge there uh Has that been resolved in terms of um you know that position and and what they need to do to to assist the games to be ready
1: the position has has, has not been filled. Uh, but we're not looking to employ anyone else for that position. We we do uh, have uh, someone that's uh, come in to our office um, to also help um, share that uh, particular role for that particular uh, work stream. But at, at the moment, yes, we're we're doing it absolutely fine. There's no worry in that uh, particular.
3: Uh, the person the person that you've brought in. Do you, do you know how long they will be involved? Yes.
1: Uh, until the end of the Games, yes.
3: So in a sense, even if they don't have the same title, they are effectively doing that job?
1: Yes, but also we have our sports manager, uh, sports uh, operation manager, who was working together with uh, Mr Palamu at the time, who has taken um, a whole heap of that role, which has given us a smooth transition into all the issues that were... For the the work that was uh, done by uh, Mr Palamu at the time that he was here. So there wasn't so much of a disturbance in terms of uh, what needed to be
0: done. 2019 Pacific Games' Chief Executive, Falefata Elei Matatia. The former Papua New Guinea men's football coach, Fleming Seretslav, says he is still owed one year's salary, 15 months after leaving his role with the national team. The Danish coach was appointed couple's mentor at the start of 2016 and led the team to a runners-up finish in that year's OFC Nations Cup in Port Moresby, losing the final on penalties against New Zealand. However, a dispute between the Papua New Guinea Football Association and breakaway body Football Federation PNG over the future direction of the sport meant he was unable to select a full-strength squad. PNG's last international fixture was a FIFA World Cup qualifying defeat against Solomon Islands 18 months ago. And in September last year, Sarislev left the country three months before his two-year contract expired. Fleming Sarislev says he's still to be paid the final year of his salary, but has been in contact with PNGFA and remains hopeful that it will be resolved. He told Vinnie Wiley it's unlikely he will return to Papua New Guinea, but said he would not rule out taking on his old job again if everything was back in order.
2: Okay, I feel I have done uh, whatever I could uh, under the... Given circumstances in uh, P and D, but of course, I, I, I had the feeling that we could have achieved uh, even more with this team, or not just with this team, but P and D uh, can achieve uh, much more in football that uh, has been the case uh, until now. But it takes that uh, that people really uh, want to uh, do everything they can for football and. That football is the main thing, and not personal positions are the main things.
3: If if PNGFA managed to finally come to the party and and pay you your outstanding wages uh, from your time, would you ever consider going back if if the national team got some games again?
2: It's uh, difficult to say. If if, if everything uh, came to normal, so to say, uh, it would actually be be okay for me because. Uh, in, in my opinion, it's it's a place where you actually can achieve a lot uh, as a coach because uh, there are so many unidentified uh, talents that when you find them, you you can uh, you can really uh, make a great team uh, that will be able to uh, to compete on on highest level absolute on highest level in the region you also have to have in mind it's the most populated uh, country in oceania
3: and and so at the moment basically your situation is you're obviously having a nice holiday in armenia you're in contact with with PNGFA who who's your sort of main contact with the no i'm
2: not in this isn't the only person i am in... Mean, uh, contact with in the PNDFA is the accountant lady <laughs> on mail and she's absolutely trying to do her best uh, i have to say sometimes i really feel sorry for for those who are employed in the PNDFA because it's a daily fight for them uh, to survive and i'm sure they have a i'm, I'm not the only problem about uh Uh, Not having uh, had my salary, I suppose that especially after the under-20 World Cup for for women, I think there are uh, a lot of bills to be paid.
3: Indeed. Um, And uh, do you you think that hosting that event, do you think that that, that was obviously quite a a status event for Papua New Guinea to get that? uh, uh, And I suppose David Chung probably had a a key role in getting that event. Do you think that was a good event for Papua New Guinea? Or do you think, like you say, the, the, the cost of hosting such an event maybe would have been a little bit detrimental?
2: No, I think absolutely it was uh, uh, a very good uh, event for P&D uh, FA and for P&B, the, for the country uh, in general, and especially for the P&D FA, because they actually hosted a, a very good uh, World Cup. But I think somebody might have been surprised uh, about the cost of hosting uh, such uh, such an event, and uh, yeah, I don't know anything about how uh, the agreements has been between P and DFA uh, and the government, uh, for example. But uh, I, I'm sure it uh, it has cost more money than uh, than
1: expected.
0: The former Papua New Guinea men's football coach Fleming Saratslev. Samoa Sevens coach Sir Gordon Chechens believes his team deserved a lot more than their final placings indicate in the first two rounds of the World Series. The Manu Sevens won nine of their 12 matches in Dubai and Cape Town but were twice denied a place in the cup quarterfinals on points differential. Despite entering the Christmas period a lowly tenth on the overall standings, Sir Gordon told Vinnie Wiley that beating New Zealand in Dubai with a try after the full-time siren is a fairer indication of where the team is heading.
4: That was really disappointing. You know, the players certainly uh deserve to go through to the cup. I mean we played particularly well, certainly in those bigger games that mattered and to lose out in the points differential was certainly very, very disappointing. Uh, I sort of reflect back and, you know, you can't sort of sit back and rely on on, you know, getting through on points differential. You've just got to attack each game as it comes and uh, and and obviously, um, and not rely on, on other teams and uh, we've just got to rely on what we can do and and, and I, was, I was, certainly over the last couple of weeks, I've been certainly very impressed with the way that the boys have conducted themselves, not only on and off the field, but uh, with improved performances, which have been certainly really pleasing, and uh, certainly on up from last year, and, and certainly that, that gives a lot of confidence to the players, and, and certainly looking ahead to the, obviously to the next two leagues, which I'm still hoping to see even more improvement.
3: Does the fact that in both tournaments, you know, you had three teams on two wins, is that just a reflection of the fact that everything is so competitive now? There is no easy games. Even Zimbabwe looked quite, uh, you know, quite impressive uh, in their matches, even though they didn't, I think, win anything uh, in in both tournaments. Um, You know, they've come into the World Series after a long time away and, and weren't too far off.
4: Yeah, it was Zimbabwe... Yeah, basically qualified for that tournament by beating Kenya to win the, the African Series. And uh, they're a good side, you know, and, and you're quite right. There's any team to beat any team on their day. and But we've just got to be really consistent. And that, that to me, is uh, where it is, getting out there and, and giving it all in all the games that you play. Because to win tournaments now, you've got to basically win six finals. And, uh, and that's what Sevens Rugby is all about. And, you know, not just having a one-off good performance here and there, it's about... Going out having the confidence that you are going to put on real competitive performances, whatever. As a coach, I've always said I never mind losing; it's just how you lose. And uh, and, and for us, I've seen such an improvement. I think it's, you know, I talk about off the field. I think the attitude with the players now is they do have a a lot of self-belief now that they can get out and compete. And all the work that they're doing uh, around conditioning, around also making good choices in nutrition, it's starting to pay off perhaps. And uh, And that's what I'm actually looking at. And, and of course, uh, trying to increase the depth that I have in Samoa as well. So if we've got a lot of depth within the squad, because you do get hammered now uh, with a lot of injuries at certain times to crucial players. And if you've got that depth coming through and the, the competitiveness is there with players to... To compete for positions, then you're certainly, uh, you're, you know, it's going to be healthy for, for some Martin's and, and certainly good looking
3: ahead. You've talked in the past about um, players and, and sort of greens, yellows, and reds, I think it was, and, in terms of the profile you have of your players, and obviously the more greens you have, players that, you know, do those little bit extras and, and you never have to worry about. Uh, do you feel like you've got more greens in your squad now than you ever have?
4: Believe it or not, yeah, we've had uh, a couple of yellows that have actually pushed themselves to, into to being those greens, which is really positive. And, and I mean, there's still a few yellows, to be honest, but uh, I can see them gradually making a change, particularly when you've got people that are pushing for you and your spot in the side. And, uh, you know, I've had some new young players just come back from their first trips overseas to their first full 7 Series tournaments, and... And no doubt they'll be going back and wanting wanting more of it, you know. So they'll be working particularly hard, and that was the message that I gave the players: don't sit back. It's a it's a challenging time of the year, Christmas, New Year, and if you fall behind now, then you just won't make my sides to go to the next two tournaments. So that message was made loud and clear, and and so so with that, it's a, a real positive that we're obviously looking for more greens, and and it's certainly coming, slowly coming, and uh, again. So pleased with the way they performed, and uh, and they certainly pushed a couple of good sides, and of course that that big win over New Zealand, which was really quite rewarding for the players.
3: What what do you think that result? I think it was your first win against New Zealand uh, in the last few years. So uh, what do you think that does for the belief of the players and the squad?
4: A lot of belief, you know. I mean, last year we beat Fiji one a couple of times, I think, and and of course they've always been someone to measure by, and but again New Zealand, you know, they're a team that's never ever been not in the cup finals ever since when I ever coached them and uh, they were so close to to missing out on the cup and and that would have been through ourselves, you know, pushing them to beat them on full time. But, mate, it's given our guys so much confidence and, and, you know, and I know next time we play New Zealand again, you know, we'll get up, we know they'll come back stronger. But again, it's us getting out and competing with them uh, consistently and and really pushing them and and because that's the only way you can measure yourself is measure yourself against the best and Let's face it, they were the Commonwealth Games champions and they also won the um, Sydney World Cup. So uh, a great, great win for my boys.
3: Yeah, and I suppose the only major disappointment in those first two rounds was maybe that uh, challenge final loss to Argentina uh, last weekend because, you know, the only other team you lost to was South Africa.
4: Yeah, no, uh, but I look at that last game and I tried a couple of new boys because uh, I suppose what it came down to is was one point you know if you won you got an extra point if you didn't you know you you didn't get that point so but there are some times where you need to 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 find out what other players can give you and I, I tried a couple of new younger players on that side and, and they've probably got a, a fair way to go but then that was the only way to find out you know it's hard it is for them to tell you measure players and uh, and of course it could also work the other way that you can say well these guys are up to it now so so that was the I suppose, the measuring stick when we played Argentina. Disappointing to lose, as, it, as always, but uh, again, I as a coach needed to find out about a, a couple of players
3: going into that last game. And you talked about how some of these new faces had impressed you, some of them based on Ireland, some of them uh, in New Zealand. Uh, you know, At the start of the campaign, they got into the squad. Uh, so to see the new faces run around in those first two tournaments, what have you made of them? Yeah,
4: I'm, um, certainly I've got a, certainly got a lot of potential and to be uh, certainly a lot better as sevens players as well and they produced enough to be right out there like Pura Rissimassi, one of my young forwards, you know, he came on against Africa he played against New Zealand and, and of course, uh, you know, those are teams that you measure you measure against and uh, and how those players perform and he performed particularly well and I mean, there are some very good players, even Johnny Riley, the the young winger his first time in a Samoan jersey in sevens and uh, scored a great, great try in Dubai against South Africa and also as part of that setting up the winning try against New Zealand so he's also someone out wide with a lot of potential as well so these just a couple of players and they're certainly going to have a lot more to offer in the future
0: Samoa Sevens coach Sir Gordon Chichens and that's World in Sport for this week and for the year I'm Coroy Hawkins on behalf of our sports reporter Vinny Wiley and the rest of the team here Vinakawakalevu Thank you too much for listening, and we look forward to bringing you more up-to-date sports news and current affairs in 2019.
1: Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.
3: For full prescribing
2: information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com